Sawbones is a show about medical history, and nothing the hosts say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. It's for fun. Can't you just have fun for an hour and not try to diagnose your mystery boil? We think you've earned it. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy a moment of distraction from that weird growth. You're worth it. <laughs> Everybody and welcome to Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. I'm your co-host Justin McElroy, and I'm Sydney McElroy. Sydney, Olympic fever is sweeping the McElroy household. Oh no! I'm is s- Charlie sick? No, she's. Oh, I didn't know. Not again. She, actually, she gets sick constantly. She actually has a uh, a chronic case of wanting to turn the Olympics off and watch Doc McStuffins. But uh, she's now to be she's fair. To be fair, I feel like every time we turn the Olympics on, it is. I'm not saying that there are some sports that are boring. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that if you're a two-year-old, there are some things where there's enough action that it might hold your attention for a little bit. And then there are other things that it's probably difficult to understand what mommy and daddy are watching. Right. And and there are definitely countries that are more boring than others, for sure. I will say that. I'm not saying that. (laughs) USA. Every time we turn on the Olympics, it's like Austria... And and uh, uh, France playing water polo, and it's like I I'm good. Now I have no I have no qualms with Austria or France. I think they're both very exciting countries. I will say water polo is not the most exciting thing for a two year old. That yeah. is what that is the statement I will make. But um, if, if you play water polo, I am sorry if I've hurt your feelings. There there, there has been a a uh, so, like sort of a synchronicity I think of our show and the type type of things we cover. Um, which we kind of stumbled on, and then it turned into like a big discussion point because I asked you. We were watching the four man relay, uh, right? And we saw with swimming, with swimming, swimming and yeah. we <laughs> yeah, we were watching the the man swim man race, swim the man good? the mini man swim race with the, the fast boys, the, <laughs> the wet fast boys. <laughs> um, <laughs> we we're really into sports. We love sports here. Uh, no, but we were we were watching that. And I, we saw these weird bruises all over Michael Phelps, and I asked Sydney, like, "What's wrong with America's hero, Michael Phelps? America's pot smoking hero, Mar- <laughs> America's pot smoking swim boy, Michael Phelps has these round bruises all over him." And I asked you, and you said, "He's cupping, cupping, cupping." Now I knew I knew from looking at Michael Phelps just the the pattern of the bruises. I knew that was cupping. I can identify that. Now, why he was cupping, I did not know. No. Okay. See, that was the weird thing to me. Right. Because you think it would be like, the thing is, you're out there, your skin is very prominent because you're getting out there really wet and really fast. And people are going to see that. So it's like, (laughs) that's very, you think maybe he could have had his cupping done to give it time to heal over. Like he has cup hickeys all over his body. That's not going to look good in photos. It's going to look ridiculous in photos. So man, I hope it really works really well. Uh, I, I'm assuming part of that 
my guess is that he wants people to see his cup hickeys because it's like, I think it's kind of trendy and cool. But we'll, I'll talk it about it. It seems that. to be. It is yeah. all over the place. I, out of nowhere. I think it is. I think it is considered kind of trendy and cool among athletes. Um, it was. It was considered trendy and cool when Gwyneth Paltrow showed up at some sort of red carpet event. This has been several years ago with the cupping marks all down her spine. I don't. I do not remember this. Yeah. So it was. It was very trendy, but it wasn't an athletic thing. It was considered like a kind of a new age healing thing. Right. But, right. Right. But if you don't know what cupping is, or if you think we're referencing. Something else that cupping could mean. Right. And we aren't. No. This is nothing like. It's not the other thing. This is not this is this bedroom cupping. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> for adult times. Not for adult times. Um, now I'm going to tell you what cupping is and why Michael Phelps might be doing it. Okay. Everyone has wanted us to talk about this. Yes. To be fair, can I just say that we also came up with this idea? Yeah, and then all of a sudden independently. Our, our tweets were filled with people asking about cupping. But here are just some of the people who recommended cupping. Okay. Michelle and Tila and Benjamin and Amanda and Ian and Maria and Ashley and Jenna and Linda and Maggie and Laura and Brooke and Sean and all of Twitter basically recommended that we talk about cupping. Right. So thank you. Thank you all. You don't get complete credit because it was also our idea, but so, but thank you anyway. <laughs> so what on God's green earth is cupping? Okay, so cupping is, uh, I hate to even call it like a, it's a medical procedure. It is something that you're doing for perceived medical benefit. Okay. And the procedure is this. You take some sort of cup, usually glass. You can use plastic. There are other ones. Traditionally, it would have been a horn, part of a horn. And you take this cup. And you are going to put them on the body. Usually like the back is where you see mm -hmm. this most commonly, but it can be on the arms or the legs, even the face nowadays, anywhere. Um, and you are going to apply suction somehow. Okay. Uh, now, how you apply suction to that cup, it just depends on what kind of machine you're using. Traditionally, the way you would do that is to create negative pressure inside the cup by lighting a little flame inside of it. Creates a vacuum exactly. by burning the oxygen. And, yeah. There you go. And then put it on the skin. And so then it kind of sucks the skin up into the cup. Okay. Right? You leave it there for between 5 and 15 minutes, depending on exactly what you're doing and how long and where. And then you take it off, and you've got a big hickey on your back. Not always. Not everybody has such a, uh, I don't want to say violent reaction, but such a dramatic reaction. Okay. Um, but it can leave that. Now, there are different kinds of cupping. Um, what I just described is what we would probably call dry cupping which means you take the whatever the cup is, you create the vacuum and you apply it. It is listed as not being painful. I think it would be that good kind of pain. You know that tattoo pain at first before the tattoo pain gets really annoying? Yeah. It, uh, people don't describe it like that. They talk about that it's a pressure, that mm -hmm. you can feel the skin being lifted. It's definitely a pressure, but nobody, I never, I didn't read any description of it as painful and it can be dry cupping specifically can be used with acupuncture. So you can mm. like place the acupuncture needle and put the cup over it. Okay. Is used some, sometimes, um, there, you can also add massage oil to kind of lubricate the skin and allow the cup to kind of move across the skin a little easier. I would think that would create uh, not as, as tight of a seal. That I see. I thought that too, but I saw that mentioned multiple places that, that that would help move the cup a little bit. Cause I guess there's one, there's one way where you can do the dry cupping and then kind of walk the cups down your back yeah. as part of it. Um, when you use fire to create the vacuum, you can also call it fire cupping. <laughs> Wow, that's very dramatic. It sounds very exciting. Did you have a fire cupping today? That that's sounds like if I was going to get peak physical performance when I got in the pool, 
I'd want to go with fire cupping. Okay. Fire cupping. Uh, now, wet cupping is something entirely different. That's the adult one. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. But it does sound like the adult one. Wet cupping or hijama is not practiced everywhere. You can find this in some parts of the Middle East and actually in Finland as well. In some saunas, they do this. Wet cupping... I'm going to tell you what it is, and you can tell me what this sounds kind of like. Mm-hmm. You're going, it's the same sort of procedure, except you're going to apply the cup first, get a little bit of suction going, take the cup off, make multiple small cuts in the skin in that mm-hmm, place, mm-hmm. and then put the cup back on. Oh, so definitely bloodletting 100%. It's, yeah, it's basically like bloodletting, but with Not suction. Basically, sweetheart, <laughs> like we're blood, it's turbo bloodletting. On on nit- on uh, nitrous oxide, it's like souped up bloodletting with the power of suction. It is it is very similar to bloodletting, and of course, when we say bloodletting, we mean the the very very old practice of stealing your blood to make your body run better, to make you healthy. Um, these uh, cupping can also be combined with something called moxibustion. Whoa, what? I had to, yeah. So this was new to me it's too. A good word, I'll say so that. This is the practice of burning mugwort. Okay. Near or maybe on a patient's skin. It's used all on its own for healing purposes, but you could also take a piece of mugwort, put it on the skin, and light it on fire underneath one of the cups, and then you've got cupping plus moxibustion. And it's very helpful at that point. And then it's definitely... Very effective. There you go. Yes. Now, how cupping is very old. I believe Cupping has been along for been around for a really long time. If I were to guess, I would guess it dates back to China because I think this is part of traditional Chinese medicine, right? It is. It is. It dates back thousands of years to ancient China. But at it, it first, the, some of the original mentions of cupping have a very specific purpose. So you could take, like I mentioned, like an animal horn back then is probably what you would have used or like a piece of bamboo and either boil water in them or again, light a fire in them to create a vacuum, create suction um, and apply them to something like a like a boil on your skin is what some of the first descriptions of this were were for okay uh the reason being was it was to try to like draw it to a head and draw the pus out okay so you were creating a vacuum for a very specific reason that makes sense to me yeah that that kind of does make sense now i don't know if the if the pressure you applied would be enough but you know what it would probably in multiple episodes of this it it may help with that so it's sort of like a non-chemical version of pure pure perfect strip you're just drawing (laughs) the stuff out of there yeah, it was suction instead of like tape. Yeah, right. Instead of sticky. Sticky. Yeah. Uh, so it was it was almost like a, almost like a surgical tool, kind of like a semi-surgical type thing. Um, the first mention is in the Boshu, which is written during the Han Dynasty, and then you continue to see it kind of pop up in Chinese texts, ancient Chinese texts, um, for other things. So like we see these original mentions as almost like a surgical kind of thing, and then you see it mentioned for poisonous snake bites. I think mm-hmm. the same kind of idea to like suction the poison out. The okay. same reasoning somebody is using when they try to put their mouth on a snake bite and suck the poison out. Perfect. Which you shouldn't do, by the way. Not at do all. not do that. Don't ever do that. Um, that you see it mentioned for other things as well, like for chronic cough, for tuberculosis, for headaches, for abdominal pain, for dizziness. So you see, start to see these mentions of it for things that aren't necessarily, you know, specific to the skin. Okay. Um, uh, and w- this continues. This trend of of cupping just various places on the body begins to grow as we move through medicine. So we see it mentioned in the Ebers papyrus as well. Specifically, wet cupping dates back that far. 
So bleeding with the application of suction. Um, and then the Greeks practiced it too. Hippocrates was a big advocate of both dry and wet cupping. Um, Galen was a, was a big advocate of no, it. No, he's got to get in the mix. Um, when you read back um, in one of the ancient Greek texts, one of the medical texts, uh, they talk about scarification with cupping. So the, the cutting of the skin, okay. you know, scarification, making... making Cuts, in the, cuts in the skin and cupping uh, can possess the power of evacuating offending matter from the head of diminishing pain of the same part. So diminishing pain of your head, lessening inflammation. They thought it was good at restoring your appetite, that if you had a weak stomach, it was helpful for vertigo, uh, for um, drawing up deep seated offending matter. <laughs> To the surface. Okay. I mean, um, technically, yes, I guess. For hemorrhages, for promoting menstrual evacuations. No, thank you. Yeah. For arresting the tendency to putrefaction. Elaine Rigers, uh, accelerating and moderating the crisis of diseases. Um, basically, oh, uh, fixing you if you're too sleepy. Okay. If you have a propensity for somnolence. Okay. We'll fix that. I mean, it will temporarily, um, <laughs> certainly. So basically dry or bloody, they say all of these methods with cups, all of these things with cups can be healed. Yeah, that um, that sounds suspiciously to me like a cure-all, Sydney. And as we all know at this point, cure-alls cure, cure nothing. nothing. Uh, the ancient Romans continued these practices, especially at bathhouses. This was something you could have had done. Sure, yeah. You're <laughs> Why already, not? You're already, your shirt's already off. Why not get crazy in there? <laughs> Which seems like kind of a bummer to me because like I, w I always kind of thought bathhouses were really relaxing and chill. No, I've seen some, especially in like Europe, where they like beat the heck out of you with like like sticks and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. You some saunas I mean? where some they hit you with branches like, or whatever. Branches. I don't know. I saw Michael Palin in Around the World in 80 Days getting the crap beat out of him with sticks. Did didn't we see that on three sheets too? Didn't three he, sheets, maybe. He got Anthony Bourdain. You know what? It may be point. kind of a popular. Yeah, I think Anthony Bourdain did too. Let's watch this guy <laughs> get beaten with sticks, kind of thing. Maybe this isn't something they really do. Maybe it's just for people trying to make TV <sighs> Nothing shows. Nothing would please me more. Um, but at the bathhouses, the the Romans did definitely practice cupping as well. Um, you that we found remnants of cups at Pompeii, so we know that you know. They were using I wish, that. Do you think prior, anybody got like frozen in lava while they were getting cupping, like mid cupping? That would have been very upsetting. Um, Celsus mentioned that it was better than bloodletting. So if you, if, you know, if there's something that traditionally you would have just cut somebody for, do cupping instead. Um, he especially liked it for the removal of poisons or toxins introduced into the body, which again, it's it sort of, even though that wouldn't work, I can see where you're coming from, from like a very physical perspective. Mm -hmm. Like, well, there's poison in the body. Let's just suck it out. Suck it out like with a uh, snake bite. Yeah. It, I mean, it's the same, same kind of idea. Um, and a lot of these reasoning. So why were they doing all this? Why, why did they think all this worked for all these different diseases? You have to understand this is based on the humoral concept of medicine. Your body's out of balance with the different humors in it, so we use the suction to get the bad ones out. Exactly. So the, the four humors, blood and bile and phlegm, and blood and yellow bile and black bile and phlegm, excuse me, two biles, um, those four need to be in balance. And if you're sick, it's because they're out of balance, and you can remove them by giving somebody something that'll make them puke or poop or pee or spit stuff up. Or you can bleed them. Or cupping was in the same family. So you could suck things out with cupping. Or you could even cut them and put the cups on them. And then, you know, it's a combo. Sure. Um, so these are just 
that's where this fits into medicine. It's a way of adjusting humors. Which, like, if that doesn't set off alarm bells for you, you should... Yeah. Because yeah. we don't... That's not a real thing. It's not a real thing. That's not the humor... That concept of medicine. I mean, yes, we have blood. Yes, but... we have phlegm. Yes, we have bile. But that was not... That was not accurate. No. Um, Paracelsus, who we've talked about before, uh, advised it specifically for two things. That I don't know where unwieldy. or how yeah. or <laughs> when. And, and now you've got to remember again, too, though, when I talk about, you know, that you should use cupping for a toothache, that didn't even necessarily mean that you would put the cup anywhere close to your tooth because it's all based on this humor's concept of medicine. So like your tooth hurts. So draw some, you know, draw the inflammation away from it by putting a cup on your back somewhere. So, Sid, the, the I understand that this was happening in ancient times, but, like, how did we get to this still being a thing in modern times? Well, I'm going to fill you in on that, Justin. But first, why don't you follow me to the billing department? Let's go. The medicines, the medicines that escalate macabre for the mouth. We have just started rehearsing for the summer theater. That's right. Summer starts in March around these parts, and that means we don't have much time at all in the evenings to make dinner. But we will not be just consuming Wendy's, uh, although there will be some Wendy's consumed, but we are going to have a little extra help with Factor, which delivers ready-to-eat delicious meals right to your door, and not like junky stuff you get out of the freezer aisle, whatever. This is real high-quality, chef-crafted stuff that in two minutes you're ready to eat it. I'm talking about some Southwestern-style turkey and mac. I think this week I'm going to be enjoying a shredded chicken taco bowl is 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 part of my plan. Um, but they got, like, fancy stuff. Listen to this. Where are you going to get this? Truffle butter filet mignon. I mean, seriously? From, from, from a, a box? Pre-prepared? All I got in two minutes? I mean, filet mignon? That sounds delicious. Yeah, it sounds delicious. And you can give these a try. And it's not just these meals. We're talking pancakes, smoothies. They got some great wellness shots that are surprisingly delicious. And the meals you just eat and eat. There's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup. Get as much as you need by choosing your meals every week. You're going to get exactly what you want. No surprises here. Uh, and the meals, I can say, are delicious. So what do you got to lose? Head on over to factormeals.com slash sawbones50 and use code sawbones50 to get 50% off. That's code sawbones50 at factormeals.com slash sawbones50 to get 50% off. Sydney, you know how you're always saying that you'd like to build a Justin McQuarrie fan site full of all your favorite quotes, clips, videos, and hunky pictures of beloved podcaster Justin McElroy? I don't remember. Well, there's that- no need to wait any longer, Sydney, because Squarespace is going to make it easier than you could possibly believe to make a website uh, all about your favorite hunky podcasting superstar. I don't think I was going Squarespace, to— Squarespace, what is it? It's a tool—think of it as— the palette, the palette of a web design artist. But you don't have to be a web design artist. You could just take stuff off the palette that is created by real people that know what they're really doing and put it from the palette onto the easel. The metaphor is broken down. Basically, you're going to be able to create great-looking websites that have fantastic customer support and help you unlock your creativity and do whatever you want to with your small business or podcaster obsession. You can sell products. You can uh, post your videos. You can share your stories about how Justin has shaped your life. 
and is also a fantastic father. Folks, you got to stop waiting to make your Justin McElroy fan site. Go to squarespace.com slash sawbones for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your Justin McElroy fan site, use offer code sawbones to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. I'm Allegra Ringo. And I'm Renee Colbert. And we host a podcast called Can I Pet Your Dog? Renee, can I tell you about a dog I met this week? I wish that you would. In turn, though, can I tell you about a dog hero? May I tell you about a dog breed in a segment I like to call Mutt Minute? (laughs) I would love that. Could we maybe talk about some dog tech? Could we have some cool guests on, like Lin-Manuel Miranda, Nicole Byer, and Ann Wheaton? I mean... Yeah, absolutely. I'm in. You're on board. What do you say we uh, we do all of this and put it into a podcast? Yeah, okay. You think? <laughs> all right. Uh, should we call it like I don't know? Can I pet your dog? Sure. All right. Uh, what do you What do you say we put it on every Tuesday on Maximum Fun or on iTunes? Sounds, Sounds good to me. <laughs> Meeting's over. So, Sydney, we were talking about how it, cupping existed in ancient times, but obviously it's like still kicking. So, how how did that happen? Right. So as we move forward in history, there are lots of mentions of cupping, like continuing in popular use. Um, And again, part of this is because this concept of medicine of the four humors uh, continued. Um, And I should mention too, when we talk about like its origins in, in traditional Chinese medicine, we're not talking about the humors, but we are talking about like the vital force, the life force being drawn exactly through the body. So it, a similar concept, different, but similar kind of idea. Mm-hmm. Um, in the 1600s, there are many mentions for it used um, for a lot of different kinds of wounds. Uh, specifically, so let's say that you're, you just got cut on, you know, your arm, your left arm, and it's bleeding a whole lot. Um, one thought was that you could do cupping like far away, like on the right arm, mm-hmm. to try to draw blood away from the place that was bleeding so it would stop bleeding. Okay. Was a kind of idea. Not really how bodies work or anything, <laughs> but go for it. Now, uh, on the on the flip side, you could use it over a wound if you thought there were too many humors in the wound, which prob- what, what I think they were meaning was infection or inflammation. If something mm-hmm. looks infected or inflamed, your, your concept may be there's too much humor in there. So get it out. It's bubbling up to the surface. So get it out. Get it out. Cup it. And then, and then you'll be fine. So grody. They would also use it over a wound to keep it open uh, was a common theme to, you know, keep something from healing, to clean it out, which that's like, that's not, that's not a crazy idea, really. For some wounds, we do, we do leave them open. So that's not, that's not actually completely off base. Now, the thought but process like, let's behind not go it, crazy, okay? Like, they weren't doing it for the right reasons, right reasons. Like, let's not, no, let's not get These silly. were not all the right reasons. They're not doing it for all the right reasons. <laughs> Uh, they were widely practiced by barbers who of course were surgeons back then. Right. So they were doing a lot of cupping. Um, Pere, who we've talked about a lot, one of our early, you know, fathers of surgery of, of our surgical technique, advised cupping at the neck and shoulders. If you have an eye wound. Okay. Again, this idea of drawing down Getting humors and inflammation. Well, he and probably tried the eye thing once. He was like, you know where cupping would be great on the eye. Let's give it a whirl. <laughs> ah! Okay. It's like that scene in Hostel. <laughs> I don't think that would actually happen. By Medicine the way. before the 1600s was like a scene in Hostel. <laughs> 
most of the uses, like I said, were just employing the cup somewhere to kind of move the humors around instead of bloodletting or making something puke. But again, they were still doing the bleeding with it. So it was often like, well, don't just do bloodletting, cut them and then suck, mm-hmm. cut them and suck on their skin. I don't know. Apply a cup. <laughs> um, it was also advised, there was one surgeon who wrote that it was really good to use for if you have a depression in your skull, as in like a depressed area, like a dent. Like if you have a dent in a car where you just bang it back out. Yeah, just, or pop it out, like one of those suction things that you put on your car and then just like... Yank it out. Pop. <laughs> yeah, you do that. But for your head. But not if there's a fracture. Oh, sure. Right. And, they, and they were quick to say that. Not if the, the bone's actually broken, but if it's just kind of dented, you could just kind of like Listen, pop it back into we're place. We're not crazy. <laughs> <laughs> we know this won't work if it's broken. If it's broken, then just drill a hole in it. Right. We know how to do that already. Yeah, we're experts. Uh, it was also very popular, again, for any kind of venomous wound. So we've gone beyond snakes. Now we're scorpions, spiders, bees, hornets, anything that was thought to be venomous. Cup it. Um, it was also used on tumors. There was a belief that, I mean, because you have to understand, you don't, you don't, when, when I say tumors, a lot of people are thinking, well, how did they know they were there? Um, at the time, since there would have been no treatments or understanding really of, of cancer, uh, you could get me, like metastatic tumors that you could see very easily Great. or things that got so big that you could see them. And so there was a belief that whatever was inside the tumor is something unnatural and diseased and or- bad and dangerous and evil and dirty I mean, and yes i mean yeah yeah but sure. but the idea was that if you could just kind of suction it out of there get the evil out get the evil out of the tumor then it would be okay so you could use cupping there to try to like get all the stuff inside the tumor to come out um it was generally regarded as the second choice to bloodletting mm-hmm. so like if your your best bet is bloodletting but in certain conditions Listen, go with the old safe standard first. Tried and true bloodletting has right. never let us down. Just leech somebody. Just leech somebody. But, you know, there are these experimental forefront <laughs> edge of medicine techniques we've been playing with where we put a cup on you and wait. There were. It's funny because there was one mention where uh, somebody actually said at one point, you know, we, we tend to use a lot of bloodletting when someone is bleeding, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, when somebody gets like a wound, they yeah. get cut or something, we, we bleed them more. And maybe that isn't, maybe we sh- shouldn't. Hey guys. Maybe we should cup them instead. Can we all talk for a second? But it wasn't, it's not like that was widely adopted. It's not like everyone went, you know, you're right. Shut up, Jerry. If the problem is they're bleeding, maybe more bleeding isn't the solution. Yeah, no. That didn't. But somebody thought about it. Somebody's like, maybe the cupping instead. Because everybody back then was vampires. Uh <laughs> But you would prefer cupping. You would for a few conditions. One would be what we would think of now as a stroke. Mm-hmm. If somebody has a stroke, instead of bloodletting, you might consider cupping them. Um, for pain in general, um, I guess because if they're already hurting, you don't want to don't cut them. Cut them. So yeah. Cup them instead. And then hysteria. So thank you for that. I don't think I covered that when we did our hysteria episode. Yeah, I don't I don't believe so, no. So hysteria, if you haven't listened to our episode or if you're not familiar with the concept, was a fake made-up disease for women. When like, they got out of line. Yes, men made it up for women to explain when, you know, we're just all crazy and crazy. emotional. Right. And our uteruses just go wandering around our bodies making us crazy. That was hysteria. So why not? It's a fake disease. Let's do... A fake treatment. Yeah. Let's cup them. It's a beautiful match. Um, 
in plague times, you could also try cupping a boobo. That was one one use of cupping. You know, the big, giant, swollen, nasty lymph yeah. nodes that people would get uh, and their groins and you. armpits and everywhere. And you could just try to cup it. Sure. So, why are we still doing this? I thought you were supposed to tell me that because I have no idea. Uh, this is still... Moving moving forward in history, cupping is still practiced in alternative medicine. It is still a part of traditional Chinese medicine. But then, it, like a lot of things that kind of disappeared in the West and then resurged, I would put cupping among those things. Um, if you're interested in, like, who does it, the same uh, traditional Chinese medicine practitioners might do cupping. Um, and then if you find people in in the West who do acupuncture, they may also provide this. This, mm-hmm. Not necessarily, but so you see people who do one commonly, you know, licensed to do the other. Right. Um, what do they advise it for? It's a cool licensing board, whoever is issuing those. <laughs> yeah, I guess you have to observe somebody do it. I don't know. <laughs> if you observe somebody do it and you still want to, then yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, like what to license them for it? I guess. I Just mean, watch them, make sure. I don't want the, the homeopathy cops after me if I put an unlicensed cup on somebody and try to burn it. You know what? The homeopathy cup cops can come after me anytime they want to. Oh, please. I have, I have some words for them. (laughs) Um, it's advised for everything from arthritis to asthma, colds, indigestion. Um, we need a better word than advised because that does sound like, like by who (laughs) exactly Sydney? (laughs) Like advising sounds like somebody behind a table somewhere is is by, is recommending this happen by people who get paid to do it. That's who recommends it. Okay, all right. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. And and again, like, and you see this huge list. Like the every everywhere you go, um, someone who is either like a proponent of certain complementary and alternative medicines who is writing about. Um, cupping or someone who, like I said, gets paid to do it will tell you different things it can be used for. Like I saw anemia and hemophilia listed, um, which specifically uh, with the hemophilia, I probably wouldn't do wet cupping. Mm -hmm. That would be my advice personally. Um, For infertility, for acne, headaches, depression, irritable bowel syndrome, diarrhea, or constipation, that always makes me raise an eyebrow. Well, like just uh, either. I mean, there just would, either. There might be a physical way you could use cupping with with the constipation angle. You could just kind of like get it out. Would that work? Well, honey, I mean, if that's what you think, why don't we just use a plunger? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that does work in cartoons. Some of the more ribald ones. Right. <laughs> what cartoons are you watching? Some of the more ribald ones. Please move on. Uh, weight loss. It's, oh, I saw that. It's good for weight loss. Yeah. And then you know somebody's trying it. Fatigue, menstrual cramps, muscle cramps, injuries, and to increase blood flow to the muscles of athletes, especially... The muscles that you use a lot that might particularly get strained or sprained or injured, or if you do have an injury that needs to be healed faster with increased blood flow, this is why athletes are using it. This is the belief. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you may see a cupping pattern that would correspond to the specific muscle group that that athlete may use more because of their chosen sport. But do you think I notice a lot of like shoulder and bicep? Yeah. Upper body uh, kind of cupping, swimmers, yeah. Because especially if you if they either 
thought those muscles had been, you know, stressed or strained or injured or just because those are the muscles that they were going to use a lot of, that kind of thing. Um, but again, you, because it's also based on this idea of vital force and energy and and then this concept of humors and all that, it, it's also... It's not just like um, a physical thing, not just blood flow, but you see things like, well, and at the same time, we'll remove pathogenic factors like wind and cold and damp and heat from your body and we'll allow your pores to open more so that other pathogens can escape through them, which is not how bacteria works by the by. Um, and you see like I, on some of the websites that, that, that offer this therapy where you can sign up and, and like go and have this done, they'll tell you that it can also remove congested blood and humors, hey, which is not, I mean, that's, not, that's not a, that's not in question. We're not confused as to whether or not humors are right. <sighs> that's not up for debate. That one's settled. There are lots of other things that I know people will argue and question, and well, maybe that's true, maybe it's not. Um, but humors is not one of them. Uh, it's also an alternative therapy that is used for cancer. Um, Get bent. They now have small silicone cups that you that won't leave marks. So you can do that if you don't want the bruising. There actually is an option that probably won't provide, probably won't cause the bruising. Mm-hmm. Um, and they can even do those on your face if you want to. Sure. So, the studies. Yeah, like it the doesn't studies. work, does it? So any study that they, they've done huge meta analyses of these studies. They did a big one in 2012, and what they basically said was. The majority of studies don't show any harm, but don't really show any benefit. There is, there have been small studies that have shown that it helped with certain conditions, uh, not with athletic performance. So that, that has never been proven. So what Michael Phelps is doing, I can't vouch for unless he just likes it. Yeah. Um, but uh, the studies that have shown that were, were mentioned specifically by the authors of this meta-analysis to be very small and highly biased. They found them to be not necessarily appropriately conducted to that remove bias. It's not a shock. Um, so I would say that at this point, there is no good evidence that cupping does anything. There are some studies that suggested it was possible. And so I, I could at least, trying to be non-biased, I could at least say more study is necessary. If we really want to prove that this does anything for anybody, for any condition at all, <laughs> We're going to need to do a lot more. But this is a hard thing to study because if you're going to do, you know, this versus a placebo, that's what we do, right? We like with the medicine, we give some people a fake pill and some people the real pill and see who gets better. Mm-hmm. How do you do fake cupping? Good question. I don't know. It's a really difficult thing to control for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is part of why people say, well, we know it works and you're never going to get a good study on it because we can't make a good study on it. So just trust us, it works. I mean, the same could be said of acupuncture, right? Acupuncture is really hard to do, too. They do that. But there um, is some benefit to acupuncture, right? We, that's another episode. Yeah, that's a, that's a whole other thing. But they, they found a way to do it with acupuncture by not doing it on the right places. Mm, okay, yeah. That's, that's And they'll call it like the sham acupuncture, which okay. means that it's... Yes, you got needles in you, but they weren't in the right places. I don't know how you do that with cupping because it's not necessarily one place anyway. Right. They're not, they can't, they don't have to be specific points. I don't know. Um, And also just on the, on the other hand, even though overall it's not found to be detrimental, there have been cases where it's been dangerous Um, either because the bruising was so severe because they actually did like the cutting as well. And so they damaged the skin or it got infected. Um, Also burns. You can see some pretty, horrendous looking burns out there from people who just weren't very good at it. And instead of just 
creating the vacuum and putting it on there actually got the cup hot enough that it seared the skin. Um, so you can see some pretty nasty burns. So if, if this is something you're going to have done, I'd want you, I, I, you should be do, going to somebody who's done it many, many times and is very good at it at least. So is Michael Phelps like a goofball? Is there anything, any reason he could be doing it? Uh, so I've read a lot of articles by people who are into athletics as to why athletes would continue to do this with no good evidence that says they should. Because, and the idea is this, even if it is placebo effect, even if it is just that strong belief that it did something for them, makes them think they feel stronger or faster or whatever. Yeah. When we're talking about these these sort of athletes who, you know, operate at this level, one hundredth of a second, one, you know, one one tiny inch faster than everybody else, one millimeter faster than everybody else makes a difference. And if placebo effect is all it is, even if that is the truth if it works it works so just that psychological edge that they might feel they have because mm-hmm. of cupping even though it's not really the cupping maybe enough to drive them over the edge and make them win it's sort of like that have you seen the kinesio tape that everybody has on them yeah. have you seen anybody with brightly colored neon tape on their bodies yeah so that's kind of in this same category this tape was created to relieve like pain and pressure on muscles by just gently lifting the skin off of the muscle like you apply it in specific patterns and ways it's not just random it's, right. it's very specifically placed by trainers and people who know how to do it and it's supposed to improve your range of motion and then relieve this pain and pressure the studies on it are incredibly weak. It's never been definitively, definitively proven to do any of that. But you see tons of athletes wearing it. And the same argument could be made. If you think it gives you an edge, maybe it does. Right. So just don't tell Michael Phelps. It's like a magic feather kind of vibe. So what I'm saying is, listen, everybody at home, if you're a friend of Michael Phelps... Don't tell him about this podcast. We all got to keep it a secret for Michael <laughs> keep Phelps. Keep it a secret because it may maybe that's enough. And and if it doesn't harm anybody, except it does. You just said that. Except unless you get burned, burned or bruised terribly. <laughs> I, I yeah. Okay. I also would rather not have all those purple hickeys on my back. But that's just me. So that's 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 the thing. I don't know that there's any evidence that says cupping does anything. I'm sorry if this is your thing. I know I know that this is many people's thing. This is going to be somebody's thing. Um. So sorry in advance for that. Sorry in advance for that. If you don't get hurt by it and it makes you feel better, you know more power to you but if you're doing it instead of seeking some sort of medical treatment for for whatever your condition is um i would not advise that at all i'd get thee to a doctor folks that's going to do it for us thank you so much for taking the time to listen to our program thanks to the maximum fun network for letting us be a part of their extended podcasting family you can find a ton of great shows at maximumfun.org shows like schmanners which is a show made by my brother and his wife Teresa, who's an etiquette expert and they try to navigate those waters. It's a fascinating show. And there's a ton more on there. Cindy makes one with her sisters called Still Buffering, and my brothers and I make some. So get on there, MaximumFun.org. It's, it's called like, My Brother, My Brother, and Me. Thanks, dear. It's pretty good. It's all right. Uh, uh, thank you to the taxpayers for letting us use their song Medicines as the intro and outro of our program. We've been mentioning it, but if you haven't checked out my dad and my Uncle Michael's podcast, Court Appointed, Go for sort it. of a legal version of Sawbones, check it out. Check it's it on out. iTunes. Folks, that's going to do it for us. Until next week, my name is Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. And as always, don't drill a hole in your head.
MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.